where some have greatness thrust upon them and in others have it accidentally dropped in their lap. Every hero has an origin story. This is ours. Welcome to the beginning of Geeksters. Welcome to episode 7 of the Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. And I'm your host, Sean. And tonight, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do an origin story. And tonight's origin is Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas like we, as we hear like in Geekster Lake, they call it, you're turning the barrel. <laughs> as, as we've gone on for um, six episodes now, and this is episode seven, uh, we figured we'd start off with a little bit of information about each of us. Until it's Sean's turn. And uh, so my first question for you is, uh, do you think you are a geek? That's your first question? That is my first question. No, like, gee, what were you like as a kid? You know. Well, we'll get to that. Right? I don't think I am. I never really thought of myself as one. Um, and I like some people, you, you have an image of a geek. You know, mm-hmm. scrawny, kid, glasses. <laughs> you know, that kind of a kid. Or uh, they were the outsider. I never really was that. I was... Always had surrounded by friends and family, and I never really saw myself as a, a geek. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> oh, by the way, people, I have no idea what the questions are. We're just kind of winging it as we go along. <laughs> I'm sorry, let me put it this way. Ed has notes written down. <laughs> Show prep. Who believes in that crap? Go ahead. Next question. Well, see, now you make it very difficult to you consider yourself geek. Because, like, your recollections of what the geek genre is in terms of like what was your first recollection you think of as a geek moment well i would I, I mean honestly i, I it's kind of hard because I, not knowing i would be considered a geek because right out the gate mm-hmm. my earliest memory of a movie my first movie theater experience was star wars okay so i mean i remember as i was seven years old probably eight at this point somewhere on there my family which consisted at the time of my mother my father me and a dog it was before my sister came along mm-hmm. now we went up to canada to visit one of my mom's old childhood friends and it was my father me and my mom's friend myra her husband bill i think it, it is foggy memory because okay. it was so long ago we went to go see star wars and it was in a theater up in canada mm-hmm. um it was june the air conditioning was busted and i remember because the studio, the, the theater was hot because it was packed. I mean, it literally was packed. So I technically saw Star Wars out of country, <laughs> you know. And I remember just sitting there. It was like my really first vivid memory of going to a movie theater and just being blown away. Like, oh, my God, this is great. It was right away get the toys and get this and get that. And no one ever called me a geek because at the time everyone was doing that. Okay. You know, so that was probably my earliest memory. Um, as I grew older, I don't know, like I still I'm a huge movie fan. Right. television fan mm-hmm. the stuff I liked were sci-fi horror mostly sci-fi and action adventure but I never well, I never went to school with a you know beat me up Scotty t-shirt <laughs> I was just me you know I mean in high school I wore black I was wearing black before it was trendy or, okay or emo <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure we'll probably get more detail of that later well, the, uh, the the most of these questions are related to geek questions, so it makes it a little bit difficult to yeah. so consider yourself a geek, even though I do. Consider, you, you, consider, you consider me a geek. Yes. But I don't consider my... Well, yeah, so that doesn't mean I can't answer those questions. That's true. I mean, <laughs> let the audience judge. I mean, I don't see myself as a geek because I don't feel... I mean, I feel like I'm in a community. Okay. More so than an outsider. Mm-hmm. But that could be because it's now hip to be geek. Right. You know, back in the... When I was growing up, teenage years was the 80s. It was like not really geek wasn't chic. 
Right. Ooh, look at me with that <laughs> rhyming. Mm. I got skills. <laughs> well, what would you say would be your greatest geek moment? <sighs> greatest geek moment. Hmm. That's kind of a tough one because I don't know what it consider to be a, a great geek moment. Would it be like uh, owning a, a, a full size AT-AT? Well, not full size AT-AT, but the AT-AT toy as a kid. It could be any. It could be any moment of your, of your life that you, you know. It's just like it was like an obsession that you possessed or saw that you you know shared with others or you know it could be anything. Yeah. You know what? Here's I guess this might be a geek moment. Back in the seventies, there was these um, plates mm-hmm. that I think it was the Franklin minted that they were kind of like you know it was like the Elvis plate or you know uh, they did a Star Wars set. Okay. And the one I wanted was the Han Solo, where it's Harrison Ford, Han Solo leading back. He's in the cantina of the bar, and he's kind of like just being cool. Okay. It's, it's not a scene from the movie. It's just kind of like a, I think it was taken from a production shot okay. of just like a glamour shot, just him leading back in the bar, like trying to be a badass. And they did an artist rendering for the plate, and mm-hmm. I wanted that plate so bad, but <clears throat> I never got it. Like until years later. My family and I took a trip to Hollywood, mm-hmm. and there was a store that sold it. It was cheap, too, because I don't think anybody was really buying it. So we actually bought that, and that to me was like a, a geek moment for me. Like It was like something I wanted as a, as a kid that I finally got as like a, an older teenager. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was like I finally, after 15 years, got my hands on it kind of thing. <laughs> Okay, well, like, uh, well, since you consider yourself a geek, but I mean, what would you consider a geek? To me, like, I, see, it's it's difficult because I I know it's going to be a stereotype, mm-hmm. but to me, like, all stereotypes are based out of some sort of truth. Right. To me, the geek was the scrawny outsider that got picked on a lot. Okay. Um, that might have been not good in sports. Sat, you know, sat off to the corner reading a book. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you, even the kid you think would shoot up a school, but back when I was when I was a kid. <laughs> To me, a geek was the kid that was left of center of what all the cool kids were doing. Okay. And they were on their little, own little world that would probably get bullied and picked on, you know, and that would be it, you know. But as today, it's it could be anybody at this point. Okay. To me now, I think a geek stands for something you feel passionate about that you're willing to discuss and share with other people with like and similar interests. You know, because you can be geeky about a video game. Mm-hmm. You can be geeky about comic books. Like, most people say, again, stereotype, it's comic book and that's it it was always comic books right where I think now it's extended to comic book video games anything where someone can't understand okay someone thinks they think it's geeky but okay. now geeky's mainstream now so it's kind of difficult okay um well do you feel that you need to hide away that those those type of things like when you you know play video games you know, you have friends that don't know you like that way to a certain degree I mean like um the, my friends it's an interest that I have that a lot of my friends don't have mm-hmm. like I can't talk to them about like Spider-Man because they didn't read Spider-Man growing up or they don't they weren't interested in the movie okay so it was always or the TV shows like it seemed to be like where I was watching Battlestar Galactica the original and Spider-Man that the live action TV show the bad live action TV show <laughs> I'm milking that all in. And it really wasn't discussed when I was a kid. It was like, maybe when you're a kid, you're like, oh my God, you see Spider-Man, that was it. But then mm-hmm. when, you hit, like, when you hit puberty and you discover girls, that's kind of when those childish things, in a way, were supposed to be put aside because you're too busy trying to get laid. Right. You know? And, and so, as an adult, very few people... Like, it's more popular now mm-hmm. because of the thankful of like, you know, the Batman movies and the... Avengers movies. Um, you can talk about those movies, but you can't talk about like Tony Stark being an alcoholic in the comic book for so long. 
Right. People are like, wow, really? That was in a comic book? People forget that comic books have been around since almost man could draw. Cave drawings on a wall in a cave is technically your first comic book. <laughs> Hieroglyphics. How the Egyptians talked to each other was writing on a wall. That's a comic book. <laughs> you know, it's, t- it's, telling, it's telling the story through... I never saw that kind of point of view, but okay. It's, it's telling the story through a visual medium. To me, that's a comic book. And, and that's how, like, to me, comic books now are just modern myths. Okay. You know, because when you t- try to discuss that with somebody, they look at you like, like you might have been talking like Klingon. <laughs> like they don't get the inner struggle of why would Iron Man have to worry about being an alcoholic? Why would you talk about that? Or when Harry Osborn was addicted to drugs in the 70s. Okay. You know, people forget that that can be pushed through through medium. Also, too, look at mainstream movies. From Hell was a graphic novel. Road to Petition was a graphic novel. Uh, History of Violence was a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And those aren't superhero related. Right. You know, the surrogates, again, comic uh, graphic novel. You know, so it's kind of like people forget that there's people are drawing from that culture. They just don't know it because it's disguised as a graphic novel form. Okay. So I hope that answered the question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what would be your favorite geek movie? <sighs> that it depends. Um, favorite geek movie? Blade Runner. Why? Because to me, it felt. First, I had Harrison Ford in it. Okay. Okay. And then had Rutger Hauer as probably one of the best bad guys. It was the height of their careers. Um, it was very film noirish, kind of futuristic, an almost believable future with cyborgs and replicants and things like that. It just seemed to be like to me like the most purest science fiction movie. Okay. But again, also throw in I'm a big fan of the uh, Spider-Man Two with Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Knight with Heath as Joker. Anybody who loves that movie is a geek. Okay. That's why I kind of look at it. But some people just go, no, it's just a great movie. Yeah, but that touches that geek part of you because you got to see a badass Batman and a badass Joker. Something that people who've read the comic book for decades know it's there, but now you just got tapped into our culture. Okay. What would be you consider the least favorite, your least favorite geek movie? Uh, something that's, hmm, I don't know if it's out there. To me, a, a bad geek movie would be something that pokes fun at being a geek without any knowledge of it. Okay. There's a difference between satire and just being picking on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think I really have like a bad geek movie. Okay. I mean, that's kind of a difficult question. That is a difficult question. <laughs> because I'm a movie buff, so I can almost find something good in almost anything. Okay. But uh, So as long as you get a part out of it that you enjoyed, it was yeah, a good I mean, movie. Even, even the worst movie has an enjoyable quality. Okay, well, like Transformers 3. <laughs> I heard it was bad. You and I went to go see it. Yes. And it was gloriously bad. Right. I mean, just, it was it was Mystery Science Theater 3000 bad. <laughs> like, that's how bad this movie was. I mean, I could not stop laughing at stuff I know I shouldn't have been laughing at, that people were going, oh my God, that was so badass. And I'm just like, really? Come on. So maybe that, that, that or sometimes I think that something that's going to be a bad geek moment winds up getting killed. Like before, like uh, mm-hmm. the whole Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that they're trying to do with them being from outer space <laughs> instead of being because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was originally a spoof off of Daredevil. Okay, I don't know if you remember the first episode of the first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was that they were hit by toxic waste. Right. And forget the movie. You're talking about the actual original short run comic, comic book. Right? The toxic waste that got dumped on him was because of an accident from a kid stopping an old man from getting hit by a truck. Okay. Which is the origin of Daredevil. Right. You know, so where this kid gets blinded and has all this stuff, you don't see that kid anymore, but that toxic spill goes into the sewer, hits the turtles, and they become Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like a whole bust on the Frank Miller Daredevil genre. 
Okay. So a lot of people don't really realize that, and I just and I just uh, look at me flashing some Greek geek muscle there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, uh, there's other genres as well besides movies, like television. Is do you have a favorite geek television show? Um, to me, geek, favorite geek television shows like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. I talk right off the top of my head. I mean, I know it, it's women empowerment kind of thing, but cute, blind, kicking ass, staking vampires. What's not to love? <laughs> I mean, even, I know it, I know it originally started off with a movie that I loved, mm-hmm. but seeing it on the TV show made me like the characters, made me more involved. Smallville is another show that I really liked. Okay. I know it, it, a lot of people are kind of iffy because it's about Superman, and I'm not a Superman. I hate Superman as a character. Okay. But I love the show because he took a different take on it. Plus, it was also a time that I spent with my sister and my mother. Mm. You know, any time that we sat around together watching a show that was in that vein, it was always more of a family moments. Okay. So those are always kind of more special to me than me just sitting home watching, like, Battlestar Galactica or something. Okay. And, of course, as I said, there's other genres as well. Um, well, actually, before I go into that, how about Lee's favorite TV shows? Was there a show that, you know, was a, a geek kind of show, and you were like, wow, I can't believe they made this thing. It's a piece of crap. I can't wait for it to be canceled. It wasn't it? I think it was The Misfits of Science. It was, uh, I think, wow. Courtney Cox yeah, was Courtney in Courtney it. Yeah, Courtney Cox was in it, yes. It was like a short-lived, like, like almost trying to be like X-Men, okay. but it was really bad. <laughs> Really bad. I mean, it was unwatchable. And I mean, and it was during the time where I was a kid, too. So if, if I'm a kid and I can't watch something like that, then you know it's got to be bad. Because right. I'm a boob tube fanatic. You turn a TV on, and if it's something bright and shiny, I'm a drooling idiot. You know? <laughs> and as I was getting to before I got to that, was uh, comic books is a big, uh, as you said, a geek type of thing. Uh, is there any comic books that you read or, you know, enjoy? Well, as a teenager, I hit Spider-Man right off the bat. Okay. Um, it was pretty much the only comic I read ever um, because it, it, it tapped into the duality of nerd at school. But the moment he put that mask on, he becomes a wisecracking smartass. Mm-hmm. And I love that duality because, I mean, in a way, it kind of did mirror me a little bit, but not as the silent geeky type I mean I was believe it or not I was actually kind of quiet as a kid (laughs) you know Um, I think it mainly because I was an only child for the first 10 years of my life before my sister came into my life so I I did a lot of stuff on my own so a lot of it was playtime in my own head you know my action figures and going to school not really talking to a lot of kids and just I wasn't a good student but I wasn't a great student either. I was kind of run of the mill. Okay. Reading Spider-Man, it was kind of like, uh, there was that aspect of the smart alchemy, quick-witted, you know, temperament that pretty much didn't really come out in my, in my personality until I started listening more to stand-up com- comedians. Okay. Uh, well, how about the uh, least favorite comic books then? I could never stand Superman. Okay. Never, I mean... At all. <clears throat> at all. What, is, what, 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 was, what would be the aspects of why? Or? Because he's too perfect. Okay. I mean, the thing with Spider-Man... He was a teenager. He had problems getting a girlfriend. He, you know, then when he was trying to find a job, it was stuff that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. I couldn't relate to being kicked out of my home planet and then just hanging around and having been able to be able to fly bullets bounce off my chest and just too good of a guy. Like <laughs> anybody who's that nice on the outer side has got some demons on the inside. Like, and it's just a matter of time before he just explodes and starts killing off half the world. You know, I just he just was too perfect. 
Do you really think he would kill half the world if he snapped? If he snapped, yeah, I do. I mean, like, if you think of, like, a guy who has to put on that much of a show to be the perfect person, he's polite, he's kind, he goes rescues kitties out of trees, yeah, he's all... I mean, I understand the origins of him and the immigrant mm-hmm. kind of making the American dream kind of thing, but you know what? I'm tired of it. Like, <laughs> the American dream has changed from when Superman was started to now. Modernize him a little bit. You know, give him some flaws. Okay. Like, well, he know? does have some flaws. I mean, Kryptonite doesn't count. Okay. I don't count. I'm like, I'm talking like like a make him be somewhat of a dick. Just <laughs> you know, you are better than everybody else, and you know it. And yet you you okay. The best way I can describe it is the end of Kill Bill Two, where um, David Carradine has this great monologue about how Superman's alter ego is Clark Kent, a weak feeble klutz of a man that's how he sees us as human beings Mm -hmm. so he lowers himself he mocks the human race by having that kind of persona instead of just being an average joe kind of guy he has to be what we consider to be the weakest of the weak the glasses fumbling around stammering and stuttering because that's how he actually sees us okay you know and it's like and again probably the reason why i as we found in previous episodes, I'd be a supervillain. <laughs> because that to me, and the reason why I probably can relate to Lex Luthor as being the best bad guy ever, because he's the one guy going, dude, no one notices this? We have to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> now, if, if he did snap, would you read his comic then? Hell yes. Yeah, I mean, I want to, not, not necessarily like a um, Silence of the Lamb Superman, like, <laughs> you know, where some and guys hello Lois <laughs> hello Lois you know I mean where he kind of like oh look there's a jaywalker and he snaps the guy's neck for jaywalking <laughs> you know not not to that extreme but I mean make him a little more flawed you know okay you know make him infinite <laughs> <laughs> up up and away not in the shorts like <laughs> wow <laughs> Did not see that coming. Yeah, well, you know, it's me, left hook. <laughs> and I think the final phase of, of geekdom is video games. I mean, you know, like... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I happen to be fortunately... I mean, my family, growing up, we were lower middle class. Or maybe upper lower class. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I was one of those kids that was lucky enough to have an Atari, then have a Nintendo. Um, I did get a, for a present, a, a 13-inch color TV. Mm-hmm. Just you know, for myself. So it was in my room. Had the you know Nintendo Atari hooked up to it. Then it became Nintendo Super Nintendo. Um, now it's you know from a 13 inch screen to a 47 inch high def TV with <laughs> Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and the Wii U attached to it. You know, me going. I wish I had more bodies so I could play more games. Like, <laughs> you know. But the thing about video games is there's this odd sense of accomplishment. No matter how boring or dull my life is, I can hit it. I can hit a video game and become almost anybody. Like Assassin's Creed, I can be. I'm afraid of heights, <laughs> naturally. So, <clears throat> in Assassin's Creed, when you can climb on top of a tall building and look around the surrounding you know area and be a hundred, you know, 150 feet off the ground, you don't care because it's like, look at me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm my fear of heights is non-existent. Okay. So you, you kind of feel like you can do almost anything. Or finally, when you do finish a game, you feel like this this little thing in the back of your head where you're like I did something I saved the universe like <laughs> now let me get my let me get back to my homework <laughs> you know? was there a video game at any point in your life that was like the best game ever like you know it's like if I could play it again I would that's that's tough because I mean obviously I would go back to like Super Mario Brothers 2 from the Super Nintendo okay 
um, Street Fighter Two Turbo for the Super NES. But then you know, you sometimes you you can't go back home. Right. Like when you try playing those games and you go, oh my god, this really is just a bunch of squares shooting a bunch of lines. <laughs> Holy crap! Like you know, in a world where in a world where <laughs> in in, in video game genres where everything's so lifelike and there's maturity ratings where you can, you know, Grand Theft Auto, hey, I'm going to pay a hooker to have sex with her and then kill her to get the money back. Jumping up to hit a bunch of, you know, get a bunch of coins seems kind of lame. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so going back is kind of tough. I mean, I would probably talk more about the the newer stuff. Okay. You know, where like something that pulls me into a story, like, you know, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, Mass Effect 3 or the Assassin's Creed, where you kind of feel feel something more for a character. Okay. And, I mean, let's think about it. I mean, Super Mario Brothers, every time you got to a castle, try to say the princess, what do you mean, she's not in this one? <laughs> I gotta go to another one? <laughs> Holy crap. And poor Link, you know, from Legend of Zelda, first everyone thinks, they keep calling him Zelda, and that's the name of the chick. <laughs> right. You yeah. know? So, poor Link's gotta go from place to place trying to rescue Zelda, and everyone's going, nope, they got the wrong place. I just went through all that shit. <laughs> I almost died 15 million times and my got the wrong address. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the 21st century. It's a thing called GPS. You know, and at some point, like Mario, give up on the girl. She doesn't like you. How much, how much bullshit are you going to go through as a person to get a girl to like you? Just in the end, to see her not. Well, that's, I think, the perfect video, perfect geek video game. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you have to do all this stuff. It goes through, you know, to castle to castle and she's not here. All right, I got the next one. You have to go through this hall, jumping over all these turtles. And... Yeah, but that, I mean, to me, it's like one of those things where art imitates life. Where how many guys you go after that girl that you really liked, and you find out she doesn't like you. We can just be friends. <laughs> really? Like, I just went through hell and back to get your phone number, and you just want to be friends? Stab her with the sword. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> Go off with Donkey Kong or now with Bowser for, for Mario. Like, go ahead. I don't need you. Like, you made me jump through all those hoops and then you run off with Luigi. <laughs> uh, okay, well, then you're, 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 you're saying now more current titles of playing games. What would be a current title today that you haven't mentioned in previous podcasts? That I'm enjoying, yes. that I've enjoyed. The Hitman series is nice. Okay. I know I've mentioned it just in passing, but I'm not, uh, like, people love Halo, and it's not really, first-person shooters are kind of tough for me, mm-hmm. you know, because when you look at it on a big screen TV, if you move too fast, I get motion sickness. <laughs> it's like, holy man, hold on for a second. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you know, but, uh, and I know everyone talks about the story, and, like, there's no real story because pick up a gun run shoot you know not much of a storyline there for me the Hitman series if I could pick off a guy from a thousand yards out with a sniper rifle I'm in <laughs> if I don't have like, I'm either I'm video games I'm either the guy who wants to sneak up behind you and slit your throat like an Assassin's Creed or pick you off from a mile and a half with a sniper rifle I'm not the guy who wants to I'm not the guy who kicks in doors and starts shooting the place up going you know, and then realize I miss everybody in the room. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy with a weapon that's going to kill you. Yeah, he's kind of, and he was behind me the whole time because I forgot to spin the camera around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'd rather be the guy that, you know, stalks his prey or looks from his thousand yards out going, the wind ray? <laughs> Look at the back of his head just blow out. 
So yeah, it's probably those are my kind of like my kind of games. Okay. All right. How about the flip side of the least favorite video game? Something you're like, well, I can't believe they made that. It's a piece of crap. That's kind of hard for me because um, I'm real picky about the games that I play. Okay. I'm not one of those. I mean, lately I have been kind of like, oh, look, a game. I want to try that. You know. But historically, my tastes are very picky about games that I like. I mean, there's probably written versions of the game that I liked before, and they come out with a sequel that kind of fall in short, like the Tomb Raiders kind of do that, mm-hmm. where you take the first Tomb Raider, it's great, and the second one wasn't so great, the third one kind of sucked. Then you, know, then you hope, like, the new there's a new Tomb Raider coming out next year that's supposed to take her back to her origins, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Lara Croft Begins. So... <laughs> Maybe that'll kind of put like a, a sharper edge on the character. Is there a game that I flat out bought one? This is going to be great, and then it turns out to be one of the worst games I've ever played. There's probably a few out there. I just can't remember any off the top of my head. Nothing that made me go, no. <laughs> you know, like if so you see some kid looking at it, snatching it out of his head, and going, don't touch that. It's evil. Like, <laughs> to play that game, you need a young priest and an old priest. <laughs> But I'm sure it's out there. I mean, I'm sure if I looked at a list of video games I played over the years, I'd probably go, I can't believe I bought that game. Ugh. Like, <laughs> All right, well, is oh, there... you know what? I'm sorry. Go I ahead. apologize. The E.T. game for the Atari 2600. Wow. It was basically, again, squares and lines. And it was a colored background. And you had four possible ways to go to the next screen. Mm-hmm. And your whole idea was to pick up Reese's Pieces. You know, the candy. Okay. And find parts to be able to phone home. But there was no rhyme or reason, so you, I'd wander, literally wander around on that thing for like a half hour, 45 minutes, and not get a thing done. <laughs> and be pissed off, because I didn't, there was no, there was no like, go to the left, go this way, oh look, here's a clue, go follow that, you know. You wish you had hit books back then, right? Yeah, it was just like, well, they kind of had some form of like the old Sierra games for the computer. Uh-huh. Like, I, I'm also a computer geek, I guess you can kind of say, because okay. my, my uncle, not to brag or anything, he helped, he used to work for NASA. Yes. So he helped, he brought computers into my world, and with those computer with those computers came computer games. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even touch on, like, the Leisure Suit Larrys that I used to play, or the King's Quest, the, the Sierra games that were out during the 80s. Okay. Those were some of the best times, so most of my video games kind of came through computer games versus the Atari 2600 mm-hmm. you know because you couldn't get away with playing Loser Suit Larry at 15 on an Atari or a Nintendo because those games didn't exist right you know Nintendo never would like, at least back in the 80s Nintendo Nintendo or Atari none of those game companies would focus their try to sell a game where your main objective was to get it laid as much as possible okay <clears throat> which again teenage boy that's all you think about if there's a game I want to play that right <laughs> you know yeah I mean those were, but get to the point there was no hint really hint books mm-hmm. there were hotlines that you can call like a 900 number okay where you can go and and, and like <laughs> hey yeah. baby hey baby tell me how to get past this one girl leaves you Larry <laughs> but it was almost like how that how do you find the next <laughs> M&M for E.T. right it'd be like <laughs> press 1 for chapter 1 press 2 for chapter 2 you know boop to get past candy, press one, you know? <laughs> and then you press one, and you want to be on the phone for like 10 minutes at like a buck a minute, you know, <laughs> to get a hand on how to get into candy's pants, like, you know? And it, it wound up having to get to, you needed a toothbrush, a blow dryer, and a magazine, okay? And you go around and get it, and she's like, oh, I love reading while I get my hair done. 
you must be my you must be my new hairdresser and then she gets turned on and wants to sleep with you and you're like okay is that easy <laughs> I'm walking around with a blow dryer and a brush and a magazine going hi I'm Sean <laughs> let me do your hair <laughs> what's the toothbrush <clears throat> to clean herself you know brush your teeth you know kind of to get all prepped it was usually like and I'm just kind of off the top of my head made it up but it okay. would be but it would be something personality like if the girl was an actress you would need to bring like the latest entertainment magazine or a trophy of like an Oscar to show to lie to her saying that you were an Academy Award winning Oscar award winning actor to get into her pants okay so you're basically lying to these women to sleep with them but in order to lie in order to get them in the bed you had to find all this stuff to lie to them okay you know and if you didn't have everything they'd be like I don't want to talk to you because I only date award-winning act. Damn, I gotta find a statue. Like, <laughs> and you probably have to find one and make one up. Okay. <laughs> now, you, you, as you're saying, you're, you're playing computer games. Do you still play computer games? Not at all. Really? I mean, thin line. Because I do have. I was playing Diablo three for a while. Okay. I noticed something about my muscle memory. I'm used to now holding a joystick, a controller, mm-hmm. and that when you take my hands and you put them on a keyboard, and I mean, I gotta press. A to go turn left, S to turn right, a W to move forward, and a Z to move backwards. I'm lost. Like, <laughs> like people like are in Call of Duty where they have the whole template over the... If you need a template to put over a keyboard, that game's too complicated. Okay. Give me a button to shoot and a button to run. That's all I need. And I'm used to that now. Okay. You know, where so going on to like a computer game, is, it's almost like taking a step back because as great as Diablo 3 is as a game, it's hard for me to get into it because I'm looking at a 26-inch screen monitor mm-hmm. versus a 47-inch screen TV. Okay. The graphics are good, but to actually sit the time down to actually in front of my computer versus a 47-inch TV that's right behind me mm-hmm. kind of draws my attention to the bigger model. Okay. You know, sure, I could probably, I mean, I do have the adapter where I can plug the computer into my TV, but I don't know if I want to have a 47-inch screen computer monitor. That seems a little excessive, especially when I mostly just, you know, scan Facebook. (laughs) Or Second Life, which is um, an online community that I hang out on. Okay. Where we kind of deal with, not deal with, where I talk to people from around the world. But it's not really a game. Okay. It kind of is because there's like definitely some role-playing aspects to it where you can be like a vampire and go to these sims where they play role-playing games as vampires. Okay. Or as gangsters or something like that. I'm the kind of guy that just wanders from place to place and, hey, you look like an interesting person. Let me talk to you. Or I'll stand around. Someone go, hey, hey, how are you? Where are you from? You know, that's computer central Mm -hmm. for me. It's kind of hard to play a video game on the computer when I have access to millions of people around the world. Okay. You know, the weird thing about it is I hate online gaming. I can't, like, I can't get into it because I'm always the noob, I guess. And I don't want to be, like, people love Halo because of the multiplayer aspects i never had friends that had the systems to be able to play multi so i was always a solo gamer so that's why role-playing games are always my favorite where i was a dungeons and dragons kind of thing mm-hmm. where it's just me versus everybody okay but when you get in the multiplayer it becomes like you become a part of a unit but i'm old to the point where if i go in i'm still to be like i don't know what i'm doing and the next thing you know, i get shot by a 12 year old you know <laughs> who found a back door to be able to perch up to cheat you know right it's like kind of takes the fun out of it when every time you log in in 10 seconds you're dead it's just like there's no playability for me there because i'm just like really that's what you consider fun 
<laughs> it's like going to the arcade and having that guy playing Street Fighter where you're trying to learn all the moves and you're fighting that one person who knows the one move and does it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> that was you, wasn't he? No, it wasn't. No, no. no I, always, I always lost that Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, then you've go, you've gone into other realms. Like I was, my, was my next question in terms of what besides the the ones questions I've been asking you was, do you think there's any other realms that would be kind of a geek world? And you've mentioned Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think that there's another um, stereotype. If you're a geek, you like Dungeons and Dragons. Or if you're if you know if you know Dungeons and Dragons or have ever played it once, you're a geek. Did you play it more than once? <coughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I wear that badge like a badge of honor, man. <laughs> Not only did I play Dungeons and Dragons, we actually went out to expand my group of friends, which is funny because we would play Dungeons and Dragons, but none of them would read comic books, which kind of, you know. Yeah. But we would play Dungeons and Dragons, then we kind of graduated to um, the cyberpunk world. Okay. Like they had like um, another kind of form of Dungeons and Dragons where you have bionics and guns and motorcycles and cars. Mm-hmm. And there was like a whole vampire. Um, the Masquerade, which I was a big fan of, where you were actually kind of where the Second Life people play vampires. This was more of a Dungeons and Dragons version of vampires for paper. Like you had like stats, you had to roll for stats and roll for initiative. And <laughs> I hit you with my sword for three points. I mean, we we were so geeky and to a point where my one friend who had to be dungeon master broke down the human body into individual hit points. Really? Yeah, where like if you had let's say, a hundred hit, your character had 100 hit points, he would break it down going, okay, well, your head is five hit points, your arm is six hit points, so that when we're fighting, we're rolling our die, I hit you, okay? You got hit in the arm, and you lost... He would roll how many how many hit points to take off, they would roll the part of the body. So you had a possibility of losing your hand yeah. or losing your head. Like, it was... Wow. It, that's how detailed he got. So it'd be like, oh, you got to cut your thigh, you lost your middle like he would actually have it down to if you had a hand and it was six points each point would be a finger and mm. the whole hand would be a total of six so you could lose a finger or lose the whole hand wow and this was the cyberpunk version well, it was a cyber we did it for D&D because it, it made our characters last longer in a way but it also made for some interesting <laughs> arguments you lose your left arm so now for the rest of the campaign... It's just a flesh wound. Kind of. Like, you would have to find a way to get healed so you, so you don't bleed out because he would roll for if you were bleeding out. Really? Yeah. I mean, wow, got, that's... Wow. He got really detailed. I mean, like, that to me is like like uber geek dumb. Like, if you're sitting there going, it's been five minutes, you've lost another pint of blood. That kind of thing. You need wow. to be helped out now if not your character is dead. But we've also had, like, other characters stacked up. Like, you know, ones, like if I had my character, I'd walk in, I'd play with this character... But I'd also have three backups just in case this character died. <laughs> you know? Because all our campaigns, like, okay, my character dies. Well, you got now, I'm like, well, I don't have, I pull out my new guy, but now the, I have to wait for that party to meet them. Like, or would I have to go to, you know, the DM going, okay, look, I'm, this guy's been following him the whole time because he's like a mystery guy. Can I do that? And you have to roll and go, no, you can't do that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Can I do this? Roll. Yeah, okay, you can do that. Okay, I met him in a brothel. Like, you know? <laughs> I was a patriot. 
Because because in Dungeons and Dragons, you meet everybody at a bar. That is how we always start off every campaign. It wasn't like, oh, you're in front of the king and he hires you, this group of ragtag misfits. We always, we always started as individuals. I'm, in surprised, a, I'm really surprised there's not like more drugs that play d and I mean, we should go to a bar and go, did you play D&D when you were a kid? Yeah. Because <laughs> it was just so funny because we all played our individual characters, but we all had to get to the bar and then something wacky would happen at the bar. And it would force us to be a party. So it wasn't like we all just knew each other. We were all like growing up kids. We always it was always that bar fight mentality. <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> like so okay, fine. I'll try to be cool. Look, I'm throwing knives at the dartboard. Funk, funk, funk. <laughs> oh look, a bar fight breaks out. Oh, again. Grab my knives. I have to roll, make sure I grab them all and Really? We got anally detailed. How old were you guys when you were playing this? 16, 17, 18. Like we, we, we got together probably in my early 20s. I think we stopped officially playing when I was hit like 25. Okay. You know? And it was like we did get to that point where it was detailed. But again, you know who your friends are by how loud and violent you get playing Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> I mean, the arguments that you would have, if you could still, if you could play Dungeons and Dragons with us, survive, just on a personal level, and you come out strong. Like, (laughs) it was like going to war. Because you get into arguments where we were playing a cyberpunk one, and I'm driving a car, and my friend, we had the window shield busted out, and my friend Mark was playing a a shapeshifter. They can shape, shape, shift into a dragon. So we're going like 55 miles an hour chasing after these people. He wanted to jump out the front window, change it to a, a, a dragon, and be able to fly back to go get him. And I just kind of looked at him, and we're working together, and I'm just going, you can't do that. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, think about it. I mean, the car's going 55 miles an hour. You're going to have to try to jump forward at, what, five miles an hour? <laughs> like, you would have to jump out faster than the car is going to actually clear the windshield. And then roll to make sure that I don't hit you. <laughs> Splat. And he's like, I could do it, I could do it. And he rolled, and sure enough, he tried it and hit and fell back into the backseat of the car. You know, it was like, because we rolled it. Right. Because you have to roll and everything. Yes. So, but we had like a 20 minute argument going, my, with my best friend going, dude, you can't do that. Just think about it for a reason. Try to picture it in the real world. You can never do that. You know, he's like, dude, I'm turning into a dragon. How is that the real world? Huh. I'm just talking physics, just physics alone. <laughs> Or another argument we would have was that it's a full moon out and you're walking through a, a forest and you can't see anything. And I guess maybe this is where my, my inner geek comes out. I'd be like, excuse me, you can see on a full moon because the light's shining off the sun onto a full moon and everything has that bluish tint. Now, we're city guys, so the DM was arguing with me going, you can, no, there's, it's pitch black. You can't see anything. You can't see your hand in front of your face. I'm like, it's a full moon. If it was a new moon where there's no reflection of the sun at all, sure, I can see that. But because you have a full moon out there, the sun's reflecting the light onto the ground. You can see. <laughs> I'm taking my dice and going home. <laughs> so then I was like, you know what? You're the DM. Fine. I can't see a thing. Whatever. And, like, three weeks later, he was like, dude, you know something? You're right. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I knew it. <laughs> Violent times. But, I mean, if you can survive those nights, then you were in with our crowd. <laughs> if not only could you survive the night and be looked forward to the next, because we used to play every Sunday. <laughs> that must have been a big D&D night. <laughs> well, it was our D&D night. It was like, 
Well, it was like everybody's D and D night was Sunday well, night. Well, we, yeah, when you're twenty something, you're trying to save money. You're, you're so it's it's a cheap it's cheap entertainment. Yeah, and it keeps your friends together. So you're doing something that's cheap, right? You know, like I said, if you were invited to play, if you could survive that night and look forward to next week, then you were a pretty cool person to hang out with. <laughs> you suck. No, you suck. See you next week. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was that like so. Yeah, was, that was kind of like my. Late teenage, early twenty years. Okay. Was there anything else you could want to uh, talk about, like in terms of that? Like, is there anything else actually for this point? You know, card games of any kind? Oh, oh well, we did dabble into the Magic: The Gathering for a while. Did you? Yeah, we still kind of play sort of card games now. Mostly it's Rummy or you know, um, okay, Spades or Hearts, whichever, one, whichever one you're used to growing up playing. Mm-hmm. Saturdays now have become kind of like game night between uh, my friend John, Mark, his wife Jess, and myself, the four of us either. You start off just playing Rummy, but now we've kind of expanded to playing board games. Lately we've been playing um, Last Night on Earth, uh, which is a zombie game. Okay. Where two people play zombies and two people play heroes. And right now we're just doing the beginner game where the heroes have to kill 15 zombies before the sun rises. If not, they lose. Okay. And as the zombies, all we gotta do is kill two. That you get two characters. The heroes get two characters each. Mm-hmm. So as long as you kill two people out of that four, the zombies win. Okay. Yeah. You know, I like playing zombies because it's real easy. Ah, brains. <laughs> you know, I don't have to run and search. It's just like brains. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, uh, going more along the lines, we're talking all this geek stuff. Is there anything? in the geek world or maybe something people think is geek and it's not oh you'd probably have to ask a person who has a stereotype of what a geek is <laughs> I mean because if I'm involved in the culture I don't really see I can't see from the outside I guess looking in yeah because because I think anything you're passionate about and you're willing to talk about it like in any kind of form is kind of geeky okay even if it's like you know sewing you know or I collect beanie babies you're a geek because you're passionate about it and you're talking to other people about Beanie Babies. Okay. You know, <clears throat> so, I mean, I can't really see how a person, what could be considered geeky, that some people think is geeky that's not. Even even gearheads, people who are, who are into cars, I think is kind of geeky. Really? Yeah, I mean, because you're, you're talking passionately about because the stereotype of a geek is a guy who, or guy, girl, kid, who talks passionately about a subject that other people can zone out on. Right. If someone's talking to me about cars... To non nauseum, I check out because I'm not into cars, <laughs> right. but they are, and it's nonstop talking about a car or a car, or you just go, oh my god, <sighs> I don't get it. Why are they? It's a car. It goes from point A to point B. That's all it needs to do. End the story. Like you know, or we used to have a friend. I say used to because we don't talk to her, her anymore. She was really into weddings. I don't know if that was more she wanted to get married or she was just every every story she had somehow led to a wedding she was at. Huh. And we weren't really sure if it was just she was single, dating a friend, and we weren't sure if it was, like, her need to get married, old uh, spinster syndrome. Okay. Or she just really liked weddings. (laughs) 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 But, yeah, I think that if anything, if you're any person, if you're talking to somebody, like, people, like, right now are probably going, oh, my God, that's so annoying. (laughs) That's me being a geek and you not, like, not being into what I'm into. Okay. Uh, would you like to add anything to your, about yourself that maybe nobody knows or you want to share? You're trying to make me cry. <laughs> I think that's uh, impossible. Gee, no, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm pretty open about any, everything. I don't have any deep, dark secrets. You know, I'm not, you know, collecting shrunken heads off by the beach. You know, I'm not doing that. <laughs> in a car. Right. That's what, it's not the beach, it's the car. <laughs> you know, I'm not driving around in a windowless van going, hey, hey, where are you going? You know, that's, you know, what's in the box? <laughs> I'm not that guy. I mean... So I'm pretty open about anything. So, I mean, if anybody has a question, I'm always willing to answer it. There's no subject for me that's taboo. Okay. Because I'm never really, I have no, f I have a filter. Okay. But most of the time it's off. Like, I don't care <laughs> if I offend somebody or if I piss somebody off by something I say because it's just my opinion on something. Right. But if you come at me with a legitimate reason why you're upset at me, I might apologize. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, but as far as asking me, people can ask me anything. I, I don't, I don't have a filter to go. That's something you shouldn't be asking me. <laughs> I just whenever I ask, I got nothing. To, I got nothing to hide. Okay, <laughs> which is probably the best candidate for an office position. <laughs> like if I was running for office, I you have all these closets, you know, all these skeletons in your closet. No, not really. You ask me anything, you know. <laughs> I once killed a man just to see him die. You're like, <laughs> well, I wasn't really looking for like deep dark secrets. <laughs> there was there was this one time <laughs> I was in a movie theater. And 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 I started making this <laughs> sound in the theater, and and then I dumped all this fake vomit out, and and that made everybody else start puking, and there are people puking for blocks. <laughs> Was that a story you looked before? <laughs> Close. All right. That is insane. Actually, you know, probably people might. Uh, Probably my sense of humor is probably the one thing that gets mostly um, people get wrong. I want to say because um, I, I'm loud, obnoxious, I'm crude. That's me. You uh -huh. know, like you either take me for as I am or leave me the hell alone. Right. But I think it's because growing up, you know, I mentioned earlier that I was influenced by stand-up comics. Like George Carlin was probably the guy for me. Like growing up, mm -hmm. I listened to all his stuff. He helped me look at things differently than everybody else was looking. Okay. So that's probably where like a lot of my sense of humor comes from, looking at things differently than the than most people do. Okay. You know, where someone would go, I'm offended by that. Maybe because you don't understand the joke. You know, I'll explain it to you in small words. <laughs> <laughs> Use my stick figure guide. <laughs> I think that will wrap up. I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, the mind of Sean for an hour. And uh... <laughs> That was just the surface. You don't want to get deep into the mind of Sean. <laughs> That's where you find all kittens and foosball. <laughs> foosball. <laughs> Furry yawn. Yeah. Ooh. Look. Meow. Meow. <laughs> but if you do have any questions, anybody out there listening to this wants to know something, Feel free to ask me. You can either hit me up on the Geeksters Facebook page or at the wordswithgeeks.com uh, website or email me directly at sean at wordswithgeeks.com or, you know, just call me up. I'll give you my phone number. I'm easy that way. <laughs> Especially if you're a lady. I am a single man. Oh, yeah. Boom, chicka, boom, boom, boom. Hit me up. I'll give you my digits. <laughs> okay. Happy? I'm happy. All right. Yay. Just wait. Next week, the tide will turn, and I'll be asking him. <laughs> well, that's our show for tonight. And as always, if you like what you hear, like our Facebook page at Geeksters. Or if you want, you can contact Ed at wordswithgeeks.com 
or myself at Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. <laughs> and that will wrap up another edition of Geeksters. <laughs> Boop.